Welcome to the Bumblecast. I'm your host, still kind of horse, Ian Flynn, the Bumble King. And joining me as always is the only reason this show continues, my co-host and show manager, Kyle JCRB Krause. Am I really the reason why this show continues? Uh, we we have we kind have of, I couldn't talk for a week and we still had releases. We're we're like we we're we're having like a well, that's just because we have a massive backlog because of our lovely patrons and that supporters. That, that that's really really what it comes down to. I'm not the reason the show continues. It's really it's their fault, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, all the people over patreon.com slash bumblecast, kofi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members are considerably generous people who do continue to support this show and make it possible. But you're the one who does the editing and the scheduling and the, hey, Ian, you were supposed to record today. Where are you? And all that jazz. <laughs> no, usually you're pretty prompt. You're pretty on the ball, buddy. I don't have to really remind you like, hey, we're recording today. It's like, yeah, that's you're generally here. <laughs> so uh, give yourself a little more credit than that. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But that's <laughs> enough about us. We have a slew of questions burning to be answered. So let's douse them with the waters of answerage. Yes, uh, I'm using that one again. No, it still doesn't work that well. Uh, no, I don't I don't think we're going to be dousing these with water, Ian. I think we're dousing them in gasoline. But regardless, <laughs> let's go ahead and get right on into them. Here's one from Anarchimation to start us off. And this one's a bit spicy. Is Sega sticking with what they've established with Amy Rose in Frontiers, or are they caving into feedback and regressing her back to a Genki girl who just harassed Sonic? I also wish to know what caused Sonic and Amy to interact on friendlier terms after Black Knight. I don't like the idea of Amy chasing Sonic like that. It makes it, it makes her an easy target, and I've seen Amy fans get defensive against others, and it's harder to understand her character. I've seen some Son Amy fan artists leave Twitter. That dynamic is literally fearful, avoidant attack attachment picture a day where sonic and a couple of others maybe plays they're playing basketball game horse and if amy arrives sonic would end the game and the others would blame amy for ruining the game it's unfair how sonic appreciates others but must exclude amy to keep us guessing this is this question is a bit of a journey i would say <laughs> it begins with one question and it ends with a completely fabricated scenario that has never and would never happen you're i do not mean to rag on you but you are creating your own anger to be angry at so maybe put some of these ideas down and look at what we actually have like you can't really say has sega caved to any demands when frontiers is seven months old <laughs> the dlc isn't there isn't another title there is nothing to compare against there is how can you say one way or the other Never mind, I haven't seen anybody wanting her back to her Sonic Heroes, Sonic Battle personality myself. So I'm not a spokesman for Sega or Sonic Pillar or any of that. I'm just a guy, so I can't really say what the group in general wants to do in any official capacity. But I let, let's let's dig through this a little bit. Why? What caused Sonic and Amy to interact on friendly terms after Black Knight? Just a change in general direction for the franchise. There's no canonical reason. It's just that's what they decided to do with the characters. If there are folks online who don't interact well with others and they choose to get offline, that is their choice. I'm sorry they don't necessarily feel welcome in all Sonic circles, but that's not for me to police and a very broad interpretation of amy's character can't be labeled the culprit i don't know it's kind of like you're asking me to answer to the more rabid anti-amy fans i think and i can't do that so i i don't know the big blanket answer i can make for this is be nice to each other please this is sonic it's not worth getting angry over i i wish that would help ian i wish it would yeah. I know I'm yelling out to sea, but, you know, <laughs> at least the seagulls answer every now and again. <laughs> yeah, the the ones in Frontiers. <laughs> Those suckers are fast. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Here's a question from Andrew D. 
when does the story familiar territory from Sonic the Hedgehog 5th Anniversary Edition comic take place? Sometime after the Metal Virus Saga. All right. Here's one from Batman 69. Lol. Oh, it's for me. Weird. It's for you. I'll read this one. Batman 69 Lol says, just started listening to Nitro Game Injection, and I must know, Kyle, how do you find those bangers weekly? I wish I could view them live, but I work on the days you stream, but you're doing an excellent job. I enjoy listening to it while grinding in an RPG, writing or drawing, and I always find new things to play on my drives to work. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. Well, well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't always take compliments super well, but I, I do appreciate that. I really have to give a shout out and a thank you to the artists who uh, make the music that I play. I mean, really, that's that's they're the star of the show. They're the ones they they make it what it is. So um, basically, my but my 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 process of finding those bangers is uh, following the people who make the bangers. That's my that's generally how I do it. <laughs> I I know yeah, but... I know who makes the bangers, so I find them and then I play them, and then I find the mash too. No, just kidding. That's different. <laughs> there does there is a certain degree of skill to cultivate, you know, the creme de la creme, and to put it all together. I mean, you have themes for each show too. It's not just hey, here's some music, listen to it, bye. You actually put together. <laughs> shows and have done so for like 20 freaking years so yeah well I, about, sir. I i thank you i have a lot of uh i've, I've had a lot of practice uh, i know what to look <laughs> for i guess uh, i know who to look for i i know i just know where to find these things man i know who makes them so it, it helps <laughs> but thank you i appreciate it thank, and i uh hope you are enjoying it i hope you keep enjoying it Go to KNGI.org every other Friday. Listen to Nitro Game Injection. Yes, yes, Enjoy yes. some good music. Yes, it's very good. I'm being told I'm a master of good taste. Well, mm, I don't know. <laughs> it depends. It depends. Here's one from Chaos Sonic 1. How would the Sonic cast react when they get their own symbiotes on them? Uh, hmm. <laughs> I don't think Sonic could hold on to his because the minute he hit a Sonic boom, it would be gone. Yeah, true. Uh, also, which version of Symbiotes? Because not that I've been keeping too close an eye on it, but I think they're no longer evil goo monsters that bring out your worst tendencies. I think they're just general goo compatriots. They they've done a lot with the lore, and I have I don't have a passing understanding of it. But uh, let's see, Tails. Can, assuming that he can keep his in check and they work together, then, you know, he basically is a gooier version of nine out of prime. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Knuckles. The minute he f- throws one of his fiery punches, he loses his. So he and Sonic both have to commiserate having lost their symbiotes. Uh, and regardless of whether or not they're still evil inducing goo monsters, Amy would change hers. Her pure heart would cure it. And, you know, first it's climbing into her brain saying, we want brains. And by the end of it, it's like, we like people. <laughs> we should do more for the community. Yeah. Yeah. But also, also when Amy pulls out the hammer, oh, it's like a, it's a crazy spiky oh, evil looking sick, hammer. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Symbiote cream. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. More or less, like the goo monster comes in, is like, this is too pure and innocent. I actually feel bad about corrupting this. Okay, I'll be nice. Okay. No, I'll just jump over to the chow. Okay, and now she is just a dark. Now cheese is a dark chow. Okay, it's like I have to leave. <laughs> Symbiote shadow. He's the same. <laughs> Nothing changes. Can't even tell. Like it doesn't even look different. No, he's <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> What are you talking about? I've had a symbiote for years. Yeah. Already has one. I mean, he is part evil alien to begin with, so I guess we're not too far off the mark. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's it. I guess you're done. Oh, man. Silver is easily corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with his 
already kind of wacky design, giving it the symbiote treatment might look pretty badass. It would look pretty sick, yeah. Yeah, and Blaze with her fire powers would hold on her very long. Oh. The Sonicast is pretty well prepared to fight off symbiotes, it seems. I guess so. I guess, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Well, heck. <laughs> uh, symbiote big. Again, he's just the same. Nothing would change. I mean, he might just think it's pudding and eat it and digest it. Just done with it. Yeah, that's probably it right there. <laughs> Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you got any other ideas for characters, put them down in the comments below. Here's a question from Dove. Oh no, universal shenanigans. MacGuffins everywhere. The Chaos Emeralds have disappeared. In their place, however, the Triforce has appeared. What do the folks in Sonic's world do with this new triangle collection thing? Do they figure out how to make it work? How would Eggman use it? How would Starline? How would Big use it? Is it the legend of Froggy, a lure to the pond? <laughs> uh, um, well, excuse me, princess. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Triforce is drawn to uh, avatars that embody their essence. Yeah. And real easy. Sonic gets courage. Tails gets wisdom. Knuckles gets power. Boom. There's your trifecta. <laughs> well, I mean, th that's kind of like why did they get all? Of, why did they get them? What, I mean, you got to have the villain get one of them, right? At least, yeah. And I mean, I could see an argument saying that Eggman, if he has the drop on it, might be able to draw wisdom and power to his side. At the very least, he power. Does, I mean, he does command great armies, and he is the smartest dude on the planet. But. I don't know if really courage applies. I think it's more no. arrogance than anything else. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like this would be largely the same, just the shape of the MacGuffins is different and how many of them there are. <laughs> <laughs> but not much would change otherwise. Kind of, there's also a bit of a question of what the Triforces actually do for the wielder. I mean, outside of Ganondorf turning all snarly monster in Ocarina... We don't really see the Triforce of Wisdom making Zelda smarter. Like Grant wishes? Well, that's if you bring them all together, and that's supposed to open up the path to the Sacred Realm, then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, but... and of course, Sonic is just going to choose to go super because he's you know, basic, <laughs> a basic bee like that. <laughs> Maybe he would just wish to undo whatever horrible things Egg Ganon did. Egg Ganon? I mean, I mean, that would be kind of badass, like a, a Ganondorf-style uh, giant robot. I'm down. Egg Ganon. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Now I'm imagining Eggman with Ganondorf's moveset in Smash Brothers. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Charging up that warlock punch. Get a load of this! <laughs> Oh man, it's all his all his Sonic Heroes lines. That's all it is. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I like it. I like it. How would Big use the Triforce uh, uh, as a lure? <laughs> Obviously, Big is the space between the Triforces. <laughs> He's in the middle. He's the all-encompassing void between creation. Yeah, yeah. He's the foundation of which all things revolve around. I mean, yes, but how 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 in relation to the question? What's the question? Uh, <laughs> That's just how he, he is well, normally. <laughs> I mean, he is the embodiment of the Triforce. He clearly has incredible power. Well, yeah. He knows where to fish the best fish. That gives him wisdom. And he was not a trained fighter or adventurer, and yet he still went out to save his best friend against incredible odds. That takes incredible courage. He is. Oh, my God. We solved it. Big, Big is a reincarnation of Hylia. Big is the Triforce. My God. My God. Wow. Froggy is the chosen hero. Well, he's green. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. This is it. We've done it. I like it. Here's one from Gumball Broadcast. 
Perhaps I'm looking too deeply into this, but is there a reason why Tails was completely fine with leaving his home planet and staying with Sonic and the Wachowskis at the end of the Sonic 2 movie? All I'm saying is that it's interesting that Tails would choose to live with a hero who has posed a tyrannical figure that he's previously watched on a screen, presumably in secret, and has no problem leaving said home for good. Is it possible that his homeworld is just a tad cuckoo? Probably way too speculative. It's been a while since I saw the movie, but I'm pretty sure when Tails does his backstory exposition dump, he says that he really wasn't welcome back in his home village. He just didn't feel like he belonged. Yeah. And that's why he decided to cross dimensions and find Sonic to begin with. And Sonic and the Wachowskis are super cool. So why would he want to leave? (laughs) If he has no ties that bind him, why not? It is a little weird. He comes across as a slightly stalkerish, but Sonic just rolls with it, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the problem with just the way that the first movie was constructed is you can't do Tails' traditional story that in that context. So they just kind of shoved that square peg into the round hole and said, it's, it's done now. They're friends. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And you just roll with it. Yeah. Uh, it's a, uh, Sonic was a little bit of a stalker in the first movie too, to be fair. So maybe the, it's just a <laughs> case of thing. Apple's not falling far from trees and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> tails watching Sonic, watching people. He's just like me. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Don't, don't think about, don't think about the Sonic movies too hard. Sometimes the cracks start showing. Yeah. <laughs> Tom thinks that it's cute. They start at a neighborhood watch, but really they're just spying on people. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Knuckles is on it too, but he thinks they're doing nightly patrol. Jeez. Uh, uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Guess that's what happens when Sonic becomes the son of a cop. Illegal Child Fights has a question. In Sonic Frontiers, Sonic offers to rewrite the history of the ancients, to which Hermit Coco declines. I've seen people say that this offer goes against Sonic's characterization in Sonic and the Black Knight, which is fine by me if it does. Instead of simply accepting the fate of the ancients like he did the fate of Merlina's world, Sonic offers to help to make things better. Does it really go against his Black Knight characterization, though? What do you think? I think you're going to have to send me a link to a screenshot or video or something, because I did not write that. That that's not in the script, so I don't know what you're talking about. To be perfectly honest, it, well, Hermit Coco. When does Sonic ever interact with Hermit Coco? Only in the Hermit Coco cutscenes, right? With the when he meets him. Yeah, there, there's not a ton of dialogue between them. Yeah, so, unless something was added after the fact. But more to the point, uh, just for the sake of argument. With Marlena and Black Knight, it wasn't so much as accept the fate of the world as Marlena was going to deny people any life. She was going to freeze the book in a state where no one could advance. Everyone would be perpetually as they were so that nothing could befall them. Good, bad, whatever. And that's not living. That's existing. And so Sonic was fighting for their freedom to, you know, move on for good or for ill. Um, and that I think is where there's, there's certainly a moral discussion to be had. He also couldn't change that book. So it was more of freeing people from perpetual limbo than dooming them. And there's some talk to be had about it, but yeah, rewriting, he, he couldn't, there would be no way to do, I I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, I'm being told that it might be referring to silver, and time travel? Uh, Sonic asks Hermit, says, I know a time traveler want us to rewrite history when this is over. What? There's a screenshot of it in the in the Discord. Apparently that's a thing. I don't remember that. I'm, I don't even remember Hermit Coco being in that location. And then there's um, a follow-up there. Hmm. I don't know about that. Hmm. Hmm. Did you write the dialogue for the Hermit and stuff? Maybe that's it. Yeah. Like, I wrote the initial script, and then there was additional material 
provided by Kishimoto son that I kind of localized. But I wonder. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know. He, I mean, you might have wrote it, but you wrote so much, you may not exactly remember. <laughs> or something. Hmm. I don't remember this at all either. It's supposed to be when you max everything out, which I did, but I don't remember it. I don't, uh, I don't know. Also, the uh, lines aren't attributed, so it could be Coco is saying that he knows a time traveler and wants to rewrite, asking Sonic if he wants to rewrite history when it's over. <laughs> and Sonic is the one saying that it's tempting, but no. I, I know he's not, but they didn't do a very good job of saying who was saying what for the Cocos. I know a guy, Sonic. Here's a question from Jack the Animator. Back when you worked with Archie, you created Rosie the Rascal, a.k.a. Auntie Amy. What was your concept of this character, and was she based on other crazy characters like Harley Quinn? She was an extent... The whole thing with the Antiverse, it was, or at least how I was approaching it, was that you take the base Prime world, you take the core attribute of the character, and then you put the negative spin on it, the bad faith take on it. So Sonic is an incredibly powerful individual who's ruled by his whims and Scourge is someone who does that with absolutely no moral compass. And Rosie was based on Amy at the time. And this was like heroes battle era uh, where she was a bit obsessive and uh, prone to outbursts, shall we say. So the bad faith take on that was someone who is just crazy homicidally stalkerish. It was like, all the pe- all the bad things people make up about Amy, we basically made that into Auntie Amy. Yeah. I, I don't remember her supposed to be based on anyone in particular. It was just that idea of, you know, take Amy, take all the bad faith takes on Amy, distill that into a character. What do you mean? There are no bad faith takes about Amy. <laughs> James J has a question. Rewatching Sonic Prime and seeing that the cast are comprised of SA1 and 2 characters. I also noticed that Amy's bird is pink, just like the one in Gamma. Is this meant to be the same bird, or was this just a reference? I personally like the idea of it being a sort of SA1 cast reunion. Yes, that was intentional. Uh, one of the few things that I helped nudge into being. Nice job, Ian. You, you've done it. I think my suggestion was more for it to be birdie, but, you know, Gamma is just as fine. <laughs> Whichever one works. Levi C. has a question. If Tails Tube was instead titled Shadow Tube, how different would the show be with a black hedgehog as the host? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. It, there. it wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not that not this current incarnation of Shadow, at least. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it would exist. There's more I could say, but that kind of falls into hashtag knowing smile territory. So oh, I gotta let it lie. Oh no, you know too much, Ian. You know too much. Uh, well, at least we'd finally learn how he steals candy from babies. Maybe <laughs> that's what I hope for. I I, I want to know first of all how he does it and how fine he is with it. This one is from Liam B. When you were implying SBO and Nicole were going to end up together, did you ever have an idea to explain how that would work physically if this meant she would go on to be Selma's mother? No, but I wasn't thinking about Selma. Moby's 20, Moby's whatever years later was not the future canon, so I was not beholden to it. Good. <laughs> Good. All right, we got one last question before we take a break. It's from LukeyOX30. With how Tinkle and Whisper had managed to be huge gambles as characters at the start of the IDW run five years ago, I have to wonder, what was your reaction to the news of different milestones that the characters made in terms of both appearing in the mobile games and getting their own plushies? I still lament the fact that I couldn't buy them immediately because of the fact I'm British. You Yankee Doodles get it so easy! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Canuck now, thank you, and I don't have them either. Uh, I wouldn't say they were huge gambles. They were calculated risks as any new character is but if we'd introduced tangle and the general reception was ew why 
then she would have conveniently stayed at home and we would have never seen her again. The same with Whisper. Now, if Whisper had appeared and everyone went, ah, what is this? No. Then the lone soldier would have gone off on her own and that would have been the end of it. Instead, y'all freaking embraced them wholeheartedly and now they are where they are. And that's super cool. It's, it's honestly surreal to see them get as much official recognition as they did. And it makes me very happy. I'm very proud to have been part of that. There haven't been any characters that have been soundly rejected in terms of the uh, community. No, like, not really. Not. not really. No, no, no. I mean, some are definitely way more popular than others, obviously. Like, R Rough and Tumble aren't, like, you know, huge draws. There's definitely no. fans of them. People like them. But, they, you know, compared to Tangle and Whisper, I don't think we're getting a Rough and Tumble miniseries anytime soon, sadly. No, 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 no. But, <laughs> but overall, you guys have done a pretty decent job of uh, making up characters. It's like you guys are professionals or something. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more on the Bumblecast. We're here, we're back, it's time for a question from SciMike, or PSI Mike. I'm not sure. What do you think about the power of massive language models into the future of writing influence? For example, an AI slash LLM such as GPT-4 could be fed with all the material from a series such as Sonic and output incredibly useful insights if prompted to act from thousands of literary values and perspectives, since it has been fed with most books written from mankind. I hate AI. Initially, I was all on board when it was first revealed, and it's like, oh, look, and I see the value in it assisting here and there, but it's not going to be used to assist. Let's be real. It's going to be used to replace. It is already being used to replace, and it is being used as massive amounts of theft. You, you feed it all this literary material. Are all the authors going to be credited? Are they going to be acknowledged? Or is their material just going to be tossed into this blender and out comes this slurry of concepts? I, mm, no, 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 no. Dislike. My, 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 I'm conflicted. My feelings on AI are conflicted. But as far as it being used professionally as, as in terms of taking over and re replacing people, that's no good. But I otherwise I'm I'm kind of I've because I've played around with it myself. It's fun to play around with. But as far as using like as far as cutting the people out of it, I'm I I'm definitely not on board with that. So, uh, but yeah, I I don't know if I really have the the, the ability right now to say my uh, my full thoughts. I mean, it's still an evolving and ever growing thing, and it's going to be a while before. This is going to upend a lot of things, I, so I'm mm, I'm not optimistic about that. So I'm hesitant about it all. Mm. Oh, all right. Here's a question from Miles the Prower: Can Doctor Wiley's bots hurt civilians? In Archie, we only see them hurt armed humans, so I'm very curious if they can hurt a civilian or if they can only hurt them due to collateral damage. Uh I would want to review some of the minutiae and game material but i think in theory once wiley has messed with their code and presumably put in workarounds to the three laws that they could conceivably do so hmm hmm i don't know Here's i don't think oh. they necessarily would though because wiley isn't necessarily interested in terrorizing the populace at least not directly he wants to be seen as the genius. He wants to be seen as powerful. He wants to rule the world, of course, yada, yada, yada. But I, to me, Wily is only thinking on, like, the macro level, on, like, the kaiju robot knocking down a building, not thinking about the people in said building. Mm -hmm. Like, if people actually got hurt, I think that would kind of stick with him a little bit. Only a little bit, though. Only a little bit. Not enough to dissuade him, of course. It's not like Eggman, where Eggman would just steamroll everything and everyone in his path and doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Here's one for Morlis. The Sonic series is a video game series at its base, so the characters must themselves enjoy playing video games, right? So what types of video games do you think that each character enjoys the most? If you can, please include the Gamecast, the Freedom Fighters, the IDW cast, plus Six and Cosmo, since they don't get to participate in these types of questions often. <laughs> okay, this is a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing 50 characters, but we'll, we'll <laughs> kind of sample a few. Okay. Like, Sonic, I can see him, during his moments of rest, being fine, you know, chilling out and playing a game with somebody. Doesn't really necessarily have to be anything in particular just something that's a little more directly engaging like a kart racer or a fighting game or maybe a sports game something that's going to keep his attention uh, i don't see him doing anything like animal crossing or uh some kind of rts that, that that's not up to that's not his speed whereas tails on the other end would love anything that is like an rts or um MMO or something that requires a great degree of micromanaging and observation and higher level thinking like his Stardew Valley farm is incredible. <laughs> that thing runs itself. Tails uh, is like, I, I don't even have to play the game anymore. It's like, <laughs> well then what's the point? Oh, <laughs> uh, rotor. I think is along the same lines, but he gets distracted by any game that he's playing because he sees how he would want to do it himself. And so he ends up stop playing, stop playing to build his own version of the game. <laughs> I thought you really enjoyed it. Oh, I did. I did. I just really wanted to see it with this functionality. So I decided to rebuild it from the ground up. <laughs> you, you completely recoded this game by scratch. Yep. Yep. All right, dude, you could have just applied a mod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who's into Metroidvanias? I feel like, Nicole, it gets it gives her a lot of good exercise as she's running around the stages. <laughs> oh, okay. So she doesn't play the video games. She is in the video games. Got it. It's a form of playing. Think of it I as mean, VR, I, I like that. Her actual reality. I like it. It's funny. It's cool. But <laughs> she cosplays as Samus. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fan artist, you know what to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Tangle... Likes to play fighting games, and she plays two-player by herself. Her tail operates the other control deck. Uh (laughs) She doesn't like to admit how many times she lost. And she gets way into it. (laughs) Jewel just kind of passes by. Are you strangling your tail again? No. You two play nice. Yes, Mom. I mean, wait. (laughs) Uh, Rough and Tumble can't afford a console, th- so they always go to the arcades, but they always break all the machines because they're jerks. <laughs> why would why would Rough and Tumble not being able to afford a console mean anything? They just steal one. <laughs> Wait, you mean you can? They could just take it? Yeah. Why did they never think of this? Us <laughs> begins their epic quest of stealing every console, and they get back to their little hovel base, and it's like, all right. Wait, we didn't steal any games. Or a TV. Crap, they go out. <laughs> they have to go, and they come back with their bounty of games. All right. Oh, you don't have a TV. <laughs> I find so they go out and they steal a TV. Oh, wait, we don't actually have electricity. So now they start stealing power cables, and that's when they finally get busted, and they don't get to play. <laughs> start stealing extension cords and running them from Tails' this workshop. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. That's Except good. everything requires online. Oh no! Now. Oh no! Now they got a they got a pirate internet from Tails. <laughs> oh no! First they have to figure out how to set up a Wi-Fi router, and I think that's beyond them. <sighs> Sticks doesn't play video games because they're actually windows into parallel universes, and you're a sick individual for controlling these poor people against their will. Yeah. Yeah. What did that mushroom ever do to you? Why did you stomp on his head? Why are you forcing that poor man to run to the right? And then you drop him down a pit. This is existential horror. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Cosmo Uh, likes very, very calm and uh, constructive games like Nintendogs or Animal Crossing or, you know, life sims and stuff. Something that's, you know, very cozy and personal and she can take her time with. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. 
Sally would like Fire Emblem, maybe, or games like mm. it. Yeah, yeah. Silver's favorite game is Back to the Future, the game. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Who likes Doom? Silver comes back. He's like, what's a video game? We threw rocks at sticks. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, who likes Doom? Uh, I don't know. Probably Big. <laughs> big obviously likes Duke Nukem. Oh, yeah, right. He is a man of refined taste. Got it. <laughs> uh, and Vanilla is like the... Uh, vanilla is a... Uh, Pro level uh, esports fighting game player <laughs> in secret. She's always she's always dressed in a hood. You never see her. She's always obscured, but she's there. <laughs> that are those esports shooting games. You know, one eighty no scope headshot. Yeah, pretty much perfect every time. Every time is she a Tekken player or a Street Fighter player? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which one does she play? Yes. <laughs> custom arcade boards for either it doesn't matter she'll 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 take them all on (laughs) you decide you decide how you want to get your butt kicked she'll go she'll kick it regardless (laughs) she plays as dan not as a handicap just to put you in your place (laughs) just to prove a point yeah 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 (laughs) oh man i like it I like it. All right. We got this question here from Rockamillion. And once again, it's getting a little spicy. I'm seeing this take a lot lately about how Jojo should replace Amy as the one who redeemed Shadow in Sonic Movie 3. I've never seen a more brain dead take in the Sonic community. I, I mm, never mind. <laughs> Amy should not be replaced by Jojo. She is the only one who can redeem Shadow because of her unmatched heart and compassion. It makes zero sense for anyone else to do it, let alone a human character. Shadow is supposed to hate humans at that point and would never listen to them. It's just a weak excuse made by toxic fans who hate Amy. They did this in Sonic X, having Chris replace Amy in that scene, and it was awful. Easily one of the worst moments in the Sonic franchise. Again, hmm, I'm mm, I'm not so sure. Of which Sonic X has many. Thoughts? I, I think you need to let go of your anger, kind of step back, and... You're you you and everyone else in this hypothetical take are making a lot of assumptions like you're assuming Amy or Jojo will be in Sonic Movie 3. You're assuming Sonic 3 will follow SA2's beats. You're assuming Shadow will have a similar character arc that he did in SA2. He may go in a completely different direction. Movie Sonic is more childlike and naive than Game Sonic. Why are we assuming Movie Shadow would be the same as Game Shadow. They may take him in a different direction. He may not be redeemed. They might make him a straight-up villain, for all we know. And this is not hashtag knowing smile. This is me just spitballing because I'm not actually involved in the movie at all. I'm saying before you get angry about character roles being replaced or reduced or whatever, maybe step back and ask if the character will even be involved. Or if the role even will exist. Or if the story will even be an adaptation of anything, or... Like, they may not even do Gerald at all, for all we know. Yeah. I mean, the the stinger at the end of movie two said a black site, so, like, they may not even do... They may just skip the arc, you no, know? No. It may just be he's a genetically engineered hedgehog from another dimension. They just say he's just a hedgehog from another dimension and not even get into the black arms or anything. They could do whatever they want. So before you go to war over Amy's proper utilization, think about how this may be completely moot. Oh, yeah. All that said, I agree. Replacing Amy with Chris in the SA2 adaptation of Sonic X just was not a good idea. I dislike. No, it was bad. It was not a good idea. No, it was terrible. But I mean... I don't know if it's one of the worst moments in the Sonic franchise. That's a little strong. I guess maybe if you're like a super fan of Amy, I get it. But because I like Amy, but I I think there might be a few other worst moments than than that one. So also, I don't think it's worth getting riled over considering how little a role Jojo had in movie two. She may not even be in movie three. She might be no, off on so. her own doing it her own bizarre adventure. I mean, who knows? Who knows? 
man. I, I hmm. I'm just gonna say I assume most of this is coming up on Twitter. I'd say just, just just don't argue with people on Twitter. It's not worth it. Also, don't be mad that people like things. <laughs> they, folks can like the idea of JoJo being involved in movie three. You are also valid in not wanting that. None of you are going to influence the movie. So it's okay for them to like things. And you are okay not enjoying them either. Yes. And not everyone who has an idea for JoJo to be used in that role means that they're a toxic fan who hates Amy. It's it's not, that's not how it goes. That's not how it works. That doesn't mean they're necessarily a JoJo stan. (laughs) 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 Oh, you've done it. Oh, you've done it. Oh no. I think we need to go now. I think we need to move on. Nope. Yeah, we, we need to move on, but we can't go because we have questions. Yeah, yeah, we can't go yet, but we, we, we probably should, but no, we can't, not yet. Because <laughs> we have a question here from Sammy. One character that's always interested me is Rouge. Outsiders usually use Rouge as ammunition to make fun of Sonic fans due to the sex appeal of the character, which is basically the standard at this point. But actual fan of the series is see more to the character than meets the eye. Officially helps to diversify the cast even more, especially at the time during the SA2 slash Heroes days, where we had cute characters like Cream and Amy, darker characters like Shadow, straight up goofy characters like the Chaotix, etc. I think her spy slash thief character and her slightly darker, more mature, and more selfish characteristics help stretch the diversity of the cast in a different angle from everyone else. What do you think Rouge brings to the table overall when it comes to the series and the cast of characters, whether narratively or aesthetically? I think you pretty much hit on all the high points right there. Yeah. Um, there's a much larger discussion over the use of sex appeal and the validity of body types and how rampant misogyny in Western media colors all perceptions of present day media. And yeah, I, I do, I don't have the energy to get into that, nor do I feel like I'm educated enough to make a solid argument. Yeah. <laughs> but point is, yes, she's curvy. Yes, there's more to her than just that. And as you put in, she adds a little bit of spice to the goulash that is the Sonic Brew. So, yeah. yeah. Guess what? Rouge is curvy. Yes, it's true. Uh, Curvy people exist. So why not have one representing the Sonic brand? I think it would be a bigger problem if that was all she brought to the table. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it is not. (laughs) No. If anything, it's... Especially nowadays, it's more of an afterthought. It's kind of downplayed, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, even further, it's just, that's her body type, and there you go. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And And if you get all hot and bothered over a cartoon animal, then, all right, whatever floats your boat. You just sail over that way, and I'll sail over this way. (laughs) Uh, The good thing about Rouge is she's actually morally gray, which is rare in this cast. Usually it's, they're like one or the other. There's really no in-between in terms of morals. But Rouge is, Rouge plays in the, in that gray area. I I like it. I appreciate her for that. Here's one from Scurvy Pirate Hog. The Archie comics introduced the concept of the No-Zone and the Zone Cops, such as Zonic, Zector, Zespio, and the No-Zone Prison. Also had other No-Zone counterparts working there, such as the Warden Zobotnik and Zuj, the Psychiatrist. So, just for the fun of it, if the IDW characters Tangle, Whisper, Mimic, Starline, Surge, and Kit had no-zone counterparts, what would they be like? What can you tell us about Zangle, Zisper, Zimic, Starline, Zurge, and Zit? <laughs> Zit Tsunami, thank you very much. <laughs> Zit Tsunami? Because <laughs> that totally makes it better. <laughs> uh, now I'm just thinking of Zits from Battletoads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the whole thing with the no zone is that everyone was part of the police corps to some degree or another, like Robotnik, excuse me, Zobotnik was still a ruling overlord, but in the context of the prison warden, you know, not entirely sure where our rationale was having Zuj being the counselor trying to reform people from across the multiverse, but maybe she got paid well. I don't know. 
point was everyone in the no zone was to some degree or another a law abiding citizen like warden zabonik was supposed to be a little sketch but he was ultimately trying to incarcerate the worst of the worst across the multiverse so it was he may not have been 100 percent altruistic but he was still on the side of the law so by that extension uh let's see i would say zangle would be another zone cop maybe a rookie maybe someone who can't quite advance through the ranks because she has a real hard time staying on topic maybe she falls for the occasional sob story and lets somebody go uh zisper zimic they're gonna be your uh bounty hunters the one that the zone cops just can't find the ones that go into the dangerous territory take on the real dangerous threats uh zarline chief secretary to, to warden zabotnik and he just has so many ideas on how they could improve the facility and crack down on those troublemaking prisoners and no you didn't read the memo again that's fine that's fine mm, coffee black as you wanted uh zurge and zitsunami they would be the ones that are, they're still cops. Zitsunami being, you know, the rookie, I guess, to Zurge, but uh, they're, they're dirty cops. They do <laughs> their job, but they do not do it properly in the slightest. And they have no end of animosity towards Zonic and Zales, or excuse me, Ziles, for being so goody goody by the book heroic. Nice. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> good stuff good stuff bad cop and badder cop nice yeah right here's one from sonic 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 hey ian i know you don't think sonic is faster than light but when a sonic fan sent a link to takashi azuka of sonic fans calculating sonic's top speed in unleashed to be nine times the speed of light saying to azuka what do you think sonic fans do what do you think? Sonic fans did good research, right? Izuka just responds, good research, implying he agrees with the calculations. He also said in an interview, we aren't aware of how fast Sonic is. In some games, he has gone beyond the light barrier. We don't really know. The best we can say is he rivals the famous comic book hero, The Flash. So if Izuka himself states Sonic has moved faster than light and rivals The Flash, are you going to challenge him on that and still claim Sonic isn't faster than light? Yes. Because if he's faster than light, then he has infinite mass and he can travel through time, which he clearly can't. <laughs> and now now I'm, I say that and somebody's going to go, you know, tattle. Hey, Zuka-san, Ian's saying you're wrong. You should fire him and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, he's being extremely polite to folks and making broad comparisons. I don't know if he is up to date on all the insane comic booky things that the flash does, but going by the directives we've received on the comic stuff, no, Sonic does not travel faster than light. I would say that Sonic can maybe go light speed for like very short bursts of time. If he's like super Sonic, yes. then we're talking about different power levels and maybe that's what he's referencing. I mean, shoot for recent project I had, I got a flag on it saying, you know, Sonic runs at the speed of sound. I was like, no, we don't know how fast Sonic actually goes. Take that out. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> His name is Sonic. All right, fine. But... <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He has, he, he does, he, he does move at light speed for a dash. Because, you know, light speed dash for like a, a second. And even then, that's not actually light speed. But Sonic is as fast as the plot needs him to be or however fast you headcanon him to be. That's all that really matters. I mean, for pity's sake, it's the name of a move. They're not going to call it infinitesimally smaller than light speed as you travel by rings. Light speed dash. It sounds cool. You're dashing <laughs> and like light. It doesn't necessarily have to be literal. Yeah, but he outran a uh, black hole, Ian. It was an exceptionally slow black hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard stage. We, we, I mean, we've established that the Sonic space... The, the space in Sonic's universe is not like our own, so mm. you cannot really ascribe real physics of like black holes in Sonic's reality to how ours function. I'm gonna just gonna say that. Like, we've already All established right, so there, that characters your, can breathe in space. <laughs> there's your compromise. Then no. the speed of light is different in Sonic's universe. Ergo, he can be faster. Than that. <laughs> there, you there you go. go. <laughs> 
the speed of light is different. Just like years. The length of years is different. That's how everyone is all still the same age they were as 30 years ago. Because years are extremely long. Uh, maybe light in the Sonic universe is not a constant. Some light is faster than others. Yeah, whatever. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't really know. All I know is that, uh, yeah, yeah, light is plot-driven. <laughs> Here's one from Thievius. Eggman and Starline are posed with a would-you-rather question. They have, they either have to fistfight a chicken every time they enter a vehicle, or they have to fight a gorilla that's armed with a sword once a year. What would they choose, and how would they react when the option they picked actually happens to them? See, Starline actually starts doing the math. Like, he starts trying to quantify it. Is it only a car? Does it have to be, like, a particular model? If he gets into a truck, will the chicken still spawn? What about a van? It's a what size of the chicken? It's a vehicle, so I'd re- I guess any vehicle, even the Eggmobile, I think. Okay. Yeah, the vehicle, does that include planes? Does it include boats? We are... That's a we ourselves ve- are vehicles for the soul. Does that mean if we wake up the chicken attacks? He's being really super obnoxious about this. It's like, does the gorilla have training with the sword? What type of sword? Is it a short sword? Is it a broad sword? Claymore. That would be incredibly dangerous. But if it doesn't know how to use it, it could be, you know, equally dangerous, but in different ways. And Eggman's like, yeah, I'll fight the chickens on the gorilla. <laughs> He'll fight the chickens but with the gorilla. A- <laughs> He will put the chickens in the vehicle and power it after he beats them up. Well, okay. He has a button on the Eggmobile to stop a gorilla if it shows up. He will he will sword fight the gorilla if he really needs <laughs> to. He has a mech for that. Garage CA, lot number five. <laughs> if it's once a year, sure. He knows when to trot it out. Bring it on. <laughs> and then he's going to stuff that gorilla in a robot and make it power that. Why are you wasting his time with these questions? Yeah, pretty much. And Starline gets all... Bedazzle. It's like, oh, he's so ruthlessly efficient. <laughs> I appreciate it. I like that. Here's a question from Twilord. How would Dr. Starline feel if he met Dr. Antagonisto? Your post-existence and pre-existence OCs live in the same imaginary plane, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, what, what was Dr. Antagonisto's plan to uh shoot let's sacrifice digimon to rewrite reality i think yeah something like that <laughs> i think starline would be intrigued he wouldn't be particularly fond of some of the more dark science mumbo jumbo wibbly wobbly stuff to it but i mean it's ambitious it's ruthless it has clear goals sure he'll get on board with this no he isn't a digimon why do you ask Ack! <laughs> And his isekai isekai adventures continue. Yes. (laughs) Off he goes. (laughs) On to the next one. Uh, All right. And we got a one here from Wheelie Doe. We've had Sonic Heroes, a game focused around the true superpower of teamwork and friendship used to save the day. But what about the opposite? If you had the opportunity to pitch a Sonic game akin to Crash Twin Sanity, where bitter rivals are forced to team up, to save or ruin the day in spite of their Tom and Jerry rival antics, who would be the best enemies turned uncooperative allies? <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, Sonic has pissed off just enough number of characters. You would be spoiled for choice. I mean, <laughs> playing as Eggman with various Sonic inspired slash powered weapons. That'd be kind of neat. Spin dash cannon. Swing the spin dash like a wrecking ball. Charge up your light speed dash laser. There, now you're moving at the speed of light. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> uh, Sonic and Surge. Sonic and Surge might be a really wild one. I mean, they, they would style on whoever they were fighting. And I think they would get lost in the moment and kind of enjoy it. And then she realizes that she's enjoying her time with Sonic. And just, ew, ew, ew. No. Uh, yuck. <laughs> Unclean. <laughs> finding a reason for Sonic and Zavok to fight side by side would be interesting because of all the antagonists out there, I think Sonic actually doesn't like Zavok. Really? Like there's a, there, there's a degree of like hmm. antagonistic, uh, 
uh, fondness between him and Eggman. Like he enjoys the challenge that Eggman brings to him. He wishes he would stop, get a life, but you know, it's also kind of fun. Hey, there's a new robot. Hey, there's a new challenge. No, he doesn't like his friends being in peril, but he does enjoy the thrill of it. I think he actually like, I don't say hate. I don't think Sonic hate hates anybody, but I think he genuinely dislikes Zavok and Zavok for his sake. Well, he hates everybody, but there's a degree of respectful hatred for Sonic. Like Sonic has bested him more than once. He's not used to that. So he appreciates him as an adversary, but would absolutely relish the ability to take him apart. Yeah. So whatever circumstance they have to work together, there is always this simmering distaste and this knowledge that the minute the nay, the second that they don't have to cooperate, it's going to get ugly. Yeah. All right. Well, we got one last question. It's from wildcard717. Paramount and IDW managed to hash out a licensing agreement and you get tagged as creative director for the next Sonic movie. You get to pick one IDW original character to get the CGI treatment. Who do you pick and why? Caveat, you aren't allowed to pick Starline because dead people should be dead. And we've already had a lot of Starline versus Agent Stone questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Kind of depends on where movie three leaves off. Uh, might be fun to explore a different direction. I feel like the immediate obvious answer would be Tangle because she would be the easiest to insert and the most fun character. And, you know, maybe there is an arc to be had there where Tangle is where Sonic was three movies ago. Yeah. Full of skill and potential, but without focus. And Sonic has to take on the kind of mentor role of, you know, hey, I was just like you, but I found the benefit of kind of focusing even just a little bit. So that they could get into their antics and whatnot, but still have some degree of interaction growth. But we already have a bunch of friendly characters. I mean, Knuckles didn't last a whole movie. He's friendly now. <laughs> so this might sound like a bit odd, but maybe Clutch. Oh, that could like, be interesting. I could see him making the transition to movie design pretty easily. Yeah. And he would be a fun new antagonistic force, and he might open up the greater multiverse dimensional thing that the movies have teased at. So he might be an option. He like, he he's like the guy who runs the casino planet, casino dimension. Yep. Why not? I like it. That's a good one. Or he takes over Eggman's operations. Cause you know, he likes to gather up all the old tech. Mm -hmm. Even have him pair up with stone and stones. Like you're just not like him. <laughs> You're close, but not quite. No, no, it's just not the same. Yeah, wow. I, this is not a direction I was expecting you to go in, but I like it. Well, I guess with that, we're we're done. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone over patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko-fi.com slash bumblecast, and our YouTube members for supporting the show. Sorry, no name list. I am barely croaking out answers as it is. <laughs> be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumpcast. Take care, everybody. Does Clutch like steamed Austrian goat milk? No, of course not. It's gross. <laughs> well, if it's rare and expensive, maybe in that regard. Yeah, okay, maybe. He doesn't know what Austria is, though. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get this over with. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> let's have some fun, quote unquote. Spelled with a PH. Uh, it's like really f real fun, but not quite. It's fun, spelled F-U-C-K. All right, fun question mark. I'm being asked, what would a rough and tumbled miniseries even be about? I mean, what wouldn't it be about? I imagine it'd be something along the lines of fear and loathing in Las Vegas or dude, where's my car? <laughs> fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Can't stop here. It's bad country. Rouge comes in and steals the goods back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
You've been listening to the Bumblecast, a co-production of Bumble King Comics and the KNGI Network. Original theme music composed by Ken Coda Snyder. Remixed intro by T Lopes. Find out more information, along with podcast feeder links, MP3 downloads, and more at bumbleking.com and kngi.org. What do you what do you mean? There's no bad faith questions in this episode. No. I call it Russian roulette, but all the chambers are loaded. What's happening? I don't know. Bumblecast at this time of day, at this time of year, localized entirely <laughs> within this server. Yes. Yes. Uh, can you see it? Uh, no. But you can hear it. <laughs> uh-huh. It's true. <laughs> you can listen to it. You can't see it. Good thing you can't see it. I'm not presentable. <laughs> I do kind of dread the day we hit the benchmark where we have to fulfill the obligation of the live video. But Why? Why did you do that? Oh, wait, hold I on. I thought it was a good idea at the time. Wait, hold on. Patreon's getting rid of goals. We can just sweep that one under the rug. <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> Patreon actually is retiring goals, apparently, that they, uh, they, as they announced. It's like, oh, okay, well, all right. I, I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>